Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Talking about community. The first two weeks were why you belong. We talked about beating rejection and beating perfection, the not good enough type of self talk that we talk about. Last week we talked about why we belong, and today we're talking about the gathering. Everybody say the gathering. The gathering. And so then, why we gather? The question is is where we gather, or why we gather really, rather about the place? Is it really about this room? Is it really about the most beautiful buildings in our communities being churches? Is that really what we gather for? Is it the place? Where do we like to gather in Fort Collins? Shout it out at me. Anybody. Somebody say Old Town. Old Town. I see that. I see people there every single day. Anybody been to Old Town? Do you guys live here? Okay, you're awake. And so, Old Town, I hear horse tooth. By the way, if I do this, I'm sorry. Um, horse tooth. There's so many places that we like to gather, hang out. And we go and we gather. It doesn't matter what time of day you go to Old Town. There are people there. We had breakfast there yesterday at the Silver Cafe. Come on, somebody. It's amazing. Right? So then why are they gathering there? Is it just about, is it just about the location? Is it about the cafe? Is it about the place? Or is there something in, in Old Town that we all like, right? In Detroit, there's a place. That we're from Detroit, and so we came from Detroit. Um, in, De- in Detroit, there's a place called Campus Martius. It's where the whole city gathers. It's the center of the city, and it is a massive. It's where we light the Christmas tree. It's where everything happens. Matter of fact, when Abraham Lincoln uh, passed away, 200,000 people gathered in this circle to hear the news. This is the, this is the gathering place. As a matter of fact, they have a little bitty thing underneath the fountain that says the gathering place. In Tulsa, we have the gathering place. This, we just call it what it is, Okay. And it is such a unique place because it's a place we can go as an individual or as a family. There are restaurants, there are trails, there are parks. It's right by the river. It's a beautiful place. And it's kind of like a hidden place. Like you don't really know what's in there until you go. And if you know anything about San Antonio, I know we have some San Antonio people here. San Antonio, where's the gathering place in San Antonio? Riverwalk. Riverwalk, right? Not the bar. Riverwalk, Okay. <laughs> We love the Riverwalk. Matter of fact, when we go, we like to stay at the Marriott right there at the start of the river. And the Riverwalk is unique because you can walk it and you can float it, right? And we go to Riverwalk. We always go to Landry's, not because it's Landry's, but because we used to have one in Tulsa and it closed. And so Landry's on the Riverwalk is amazing. It's a great place for us to go. But is the Riverwalk really about the place? They've done a great job decorating. It's amazing, right? And so then we talked about those gathering places if I mention a place you've been, will you just raise your hand? Nice. Okay. And so then let's look at the first church, the first gatherings, and where they took place. Where did they meet? They met in the temple, and they met in houses, depending on what scripture you listen to or read. When you talk or think about them meeting in houses, you understand that it's plural. Houses is plural, meaning it was not about the place. It was not about the place. It was about the people. It reinforces that the church is not a building, but rather a body of believers, right? Now you would say, well, not everybody in here believes. Well, 
I would tell you that you're right. However, to step through those doors as a new person, you have to have some type of belief, right? If you're coming to church, there's at least 0.0001% that you believe there's something with God or you wouldn't walk through the doors. Agreed? So then you're not believers and really that's all that God needs. We gather and we meet and when we gather in his name, he's here. And so then all God needs is for people to step through that door so they can be introduced to him. Does that make sense? And so then, yeah, they might not be full-fledged believers and, and seasoned Christians and, and in-depth disciples and all that stuff. But if they walk through the doors, they believe at least this much, at, the, at least that much, okay? Now, how often did the first church gather? Do you, does, do you guys know the answer to this question? Every day, every day. And when you look at Scripture, you realize they met every day, but they met twice a day. They met in a massive group in the temple, and they worshiped. By the way, this is not a guilt trip, by the way. We're just talking church history, okay? And then they met in houses from house to house. And so then the gathering was the thing. The people were the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't about the house. It was about the people. So then the people were Riverwalk. The people were Campus Marshes. The people were Old Town. And the destination, the destination was about a person. It didn't have anything to do about the place. It was Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus is the destination I think Heather opened up with where two or more gather in my name. I'll be there with you, right? Now, I want you to just melt, just marinate on that for just a second because the reality is, is I could gather here by myself every week, all week, all day. And the truth is, I'll be by myself for the most part. Now, I could talk our team into it and I could, I could guilt them into it. And I could probably talk a couple of you guys into coming every now and again. But the truth is, the bottom level of the backside of a carpet exchange center is not the most popular place to be in Fort Collins. Even if I do brew great coffee. You guys like the coffee this morning? You're welcome, okay? We tried something new this morning, so like that. So does this building really have anything to do with the gathering? The answer is no. The answer is no, it doesn't. And so then the building is not about the destination or how good the coffee is, or man, we got awesome mouthwash in the bathroom this weekend. It's amazing, right? Did the temple and the houses have anything to do with the first church? That was the destination then, but the destination was not because of how cool it was, right? What's the destination? The destination is Jesus. The destination is Jesus. It always has been. It always will be. That's why we gather. We gather because of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus is who we worship. It's who we remember. It's who we focus on. Jesus gets our attention. The Bible gave us that promise. Where two or more gather in my name, I am there with them. So then the destination is the presence of God. Everybody say presence. So then we gather together. Does that make sense? Now, growing up, how often, don't answer out loud. How often did you go to church growing up? Just think about it. Okay. How often did I go? In the beginning, not at all. But for a long period of time, I was the only one in my family who went to church. And so my answer from the time I was 13 on was every time that church bus came by my house, I was there, which meant what? Sunday morning? Sunday night? Wednesday night. Boy, Wednesday night was the night. Do you guys remember Wednesday night church? Now, real talk, we shifted from the daily gathering to the three times a week gathering to what? to two times a week, right? Well, we're already here on Sundays, so why come back Sunday night? Like, 
and then, and then from Sunday, Wednesday to Sunday only. And so what you have is, let's just say the first church gathered every day, and let's just for the benefit of the doubt, we'll say they gathered for one hour a day, seven hours a week, 160 hours in a week. So for 161 hours, they did whatever they wanted to, but for seven of those hours, they were together, they were worshiping, praising, remembering, thanking God, right? Now, you go to that three times a week, the Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, and you're there between five and seven hours because we like to drag that thing out, didn't we? Somebody say, yeah. And then we went to two times a week, which we averaged roughly four hours, right? If you got there early and wanted to hang out, and then now we're to one time per week, and one time per week, and we feel the pressure as church leaders to make sure we get you in and out of here under an hour, please, so you'll come back, right? I don't feel that pressure, by the way. People constantly tell it to me. I feel like if you're here, you're here to get better. Somebody say amen. Amen. So then we're going to trust God today. And so then the reality of this is, is this, though. Most people who come to church only come, 80% of these people who come to church only come once a month. Okay. Now you have 20% of people who come every single week. They are hardcore Christians and they're bringing, and it's amazing. So then it's not wrong that you only come once a month and it's not wrong that you only, that we only come and gather once a week. That's not the issue. The issue is now we have to be intentional as followers. As followers of Jesus, I must be intentional. I must be so that we can be intentional as the body when we leave here, right? So the change in our engagement and the change in our meeting schedule is why a daily time with God is super important. Super important. This is personal discipleship. It's a Christian word for growing your relationship with God. It's a daily walk. The change in our schedule and the way that we meet is also the reason that it's super important for us to have other weekly gatherings, to be a part of something else. So we can grow in our relationships. We can have death or depth in our relationship. Now, the change in our focus in our meetings has done two things, okay? It's done two things. It has, sorry, I'm, 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 I, uh, move my screen here. Two things. We have less focus on God now, and we have less focus on people. Less focus on God, less focus on people. And so then, get off of there technology. Acts 2, 42 and 46 this is our core scripture today. If you're taking notes, it says this, and all who believed in Jesus as savior were together. I gave you some dots there because it repeats in verse 46. They gathered continually day after day, worshiping in the temple courts, continue with one mind unity and breaking bread in various private homes. They ate their meals together with joy and generous hearts. Everybody say generous. And so two things they met every day as a big group to worship and they met as smaller groups to remember Jesus, to break bread, and to pray. Now, none of this had to do about with the location. This was not the location. It was the gathering. It was God's presence. Because where, he, where two or more gather in his name, he is there. So then he's the destination. Now, what was the expectation? Here we go. This is a big one because this is what we feel a little bit, right? What was the expectation of the first church? There was no pretense to gather. There was no pretense. There was no, there was no regulation or requirement for you to come and worship at the temple or to come to somebody's house, right? There was none of that. Just like there's no pretense for you to show up in Old Town or Riverwalk. You just come as you are. What pretenses are there? They're the ones that we create. Hey, does this look good? Like, I'm growing a little bit right now, so every now and again these buttons will stretch open. I'm afraid you're going to see my undershirt. Is this okay? I shouldn't wear this, huh? Because if people see my undershirt, we can't do that. I wouldn't look cool. 
Is, do I still have bed head? Do I still have the bed head? Like, is, is it gone? My head's flat on the back, by the way, so it constantly looks like I have bed head. Does that, like, we, we create the pretense, right? In the first church, there was no pretense, only the one that we create, right? And so there was no expectation of you. It wasn't, is this good enough? That, what, that, it wasn't right or wrong. There was no right or wrong because there was no expectation. You didn't have to dress a certain way talk a certain way or look a certain way. You didn't have to shelf who you were outside those glass doors to come in here. It was a come as you are. That's who we are. That's why we gather here. That's why this is such a beautiful picture of the church. If you look around the room, this is a beautiful picture of the church. Yes. It's so good, guys. It is so good. And so then the expectation wasn't anything you did. You just came. The expectation was God. Acts tells us, Acts tells us that they met regularly and because they did, they saw signs and wonders. They saw God move. So then the expectation was, what's God going to do today? The destination was in the presence of God. The expectation was, what's God going to do today? People came together to gather. So then Jesus was the destination. God was the expectation. If you're writing, that, writing stuff down, if you're taking notes, that's it. Not, not where we were, not how we looked, not what we wore, not if we fit in. That was not part of it, right? The focus was Jesus. The expectation was God. So then why did they meet every day, twice a day? This is, we're getting to the meat of it now, okay? Why were they so intentional? Well, the world was a mess. Jesus had just left. The world was a mess. Is the world still a mess? Still important to gather, okay? Now, they met because of the promise that was given to them by Jesus said, when you meet and gather in my name, I will be there with you. I'm there with you. They gathered in Jesus' name. So then today, I'm not asking you to raise your palms and put your thumbs together and do some ohms with me. God is in our midst because we're gathered together in his name. It's not weird. It's who he is. It's who he is. And so then do our gatherings today mirror that of the first church? Why did they gather? Why did they gather? You guys getting sleepy? Wake up. It's getting good. Okay, here it is. It wasn't about the place. It wasn't what was happening. It wasn't the cool waterfall or the river or the guy who rose the boat. It wasn't any of that. It wasn't any of that. In Acts, we see they gathered for three reasons. These are super important reasons. A lot of people have, have kind of forgotten these. Now, listen, these are very, very churchy words, okay? I don't even know what those mean, Dusty. I don't even know why you're telling me this. This is boring. Hang with me. Hang with me. They gather for worship, discipleship, and evangelism, okay? Now, why do we gather? <laughs> worship, discipleship, and evangelism. That sounds weird. It, it's not, okay? So then, we gather to worship. I had to write this out because I don't want to take 20 minutes. We come together on Sundays to worship God, okay? Now, Jesus doesn't live in the church, but he lives in the heart of every believer. So that when we gather in his name, we find him here. Somebody say amen. amen. So then those saved by Jesus come together to worship God because we gather in his name. And because we gather in his name, we sense his presence. And, and we are all mutually encouraged. How many of you guys were encouraged by worship this morning? We're all mutually encouraged in our worship, but more importantly, our worship glorifies God. It shifts our focus from us. We can't be selfish when we worship. You can't be selfish when you worship God. 
or you're not really worshiping, that'd be like this, okay? We worship God. We talked about lifting hands. Man, that's when you just come, okay, man, it's surrender, right? And so then, worship is this. If you're taking notes, singing, serving, and giving. It's not a giving message, okay? All three of these flow from your heart. They all flow from your heart. Why? Because of God's goodness to you. It's God's goodness to you. So then we sing because of God's goodness to us. We serve because of God's goodness to us. We give because of God's goodness to us. You've heard the church terms. We give with our time, talent, our treasure. We sing, serve, and we give, right? We do that because who God is, because of his goodness to us. And so then singing, serving, and giving is the same. Now, we sing with our hearts, shifts our focus off of us. It gives full attention to God. We give him the glory. We serve because of the gift that he placed inside of us. Everybody in here has a unique gifting, a unique calling. God's, God's gave you something he hasn't gave me, and he gave that to you so you could show it and serve others with it. And then we give because, because the Bible says they gave with generous hearts, right? Now, the second reason we, do, we gather is to become better followers. That would be the unchurched term for discipleship, okay? Better followers. And so then we gather to spur one another on towards good works. If we don't gather, this doesn't happen, okay? This doesn't happen in a text, right? The discipleship of believers is key to the health of the body, the body of believers, which is also known as the church. Knowing the mission of the church is to go into the world and make disciples. The only way that we can make disciples is if we are disciples. It happens in us before it can happen through us. And so then, God, through the teaching of his word, uh, where is that? So then we are intentional to grow in our relationship with God through the teaching of his word so that he can become, so that we can become, sorry, we can become who he's called us to be, who he's gifted us to be. So then discipleship is this, if you're taking notes, it's being devoted, being disciplined, and being diligent. Those are all three very different words, by the way, to seek and learn what Jesus taught us daily, daily. That's what a disciple is. So then it's not about doing this every day, but you should have a personal time with God every day. Number three, we gather to share the gospel with unbelievers. That's what evangelism means, to share the gospel with unbelievers. And so if that E word freaks you out, don't be freaked out. Paul said, woe to me if I don't. So then if God has changed your life, you don't have to go and say, I found this scripture. I don't have my Bible today. I found this scripture. You got to read it. It says the same thing to you, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It's not. One, he's defensive or she's defensive. She doesn't want to hear it. It's, wrong. it's bad timing. However, if I'll show up and be an example to that person, over time, they'll realize, man, God really has changed your life. You're not just saying this. I see it in you, right? Show me, don't tell me. And so then we have to remember that the building doesn't do the saving. Jesus does. The location doesn't do the saving. Jesus does. The church is a body of believers. This is confirmed today. It's not a building, right? It's not a monument that we visit. It's not a location. It's a movement that we are. Everybody say we are. That means all of us should be doing our part during the week. So then your, your question is, what's my part, Dusty? I'm so glad you asked. Conversation. Everybody say conversation. conversation. This is your only responsibility. It's conversation. Leverage your influence and your relationships. Be an example of Jesus to those around you. Do not focus on beating the Bible. Just be a believer. And it'll come right out of you. And that doesn't happen with any effort. Okay. Jesus in you will come out in your conversation. So then conversion will happen. Conversion is another churchy word. Just hang with me. Everybody, I can't tell you how many conversations I've been in with pastors or friends who would say, I just got to get him saved. 
I just got to get them saved. If they'll just get saved, I got to get them saved. I got news for you. No, you don't. That's not your responsibility. And you can't do it anyways. There's one person who saves, Jesus. And so then the whole, the whole tactic of I've got to get them saved, that's the wrong way to go. Just be an example. Show people who Jesus is. And if you'll show them long enough, they're going to get it. Okay? Especially as we move towards Easter, right? And so then conversion, as long as I'm an example, conversion, salvation in my family, at my job, in my circle, at the gathering places in our community happens because of who I am. It's who I am. And so then conversion, if you're taking notes, is God's responsibility. And that's just salvation. It's a weird, weird, weird word. Conversion is God's responsibility. It happens when we gather in his name because of his presence, right? And when we gather in his, his name, people find freedom. They find freedom because we're gathered in his name. People find life. They find life. They find redemption. They find restoration. They find heaven. They find heaven. That's the Matthew 6 prayer where Jesus teaches us to prayer. Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. This is the, this is the closest we're going to get to heaven right here until we get there. It's us. It's us. Now, conversation is our responsibility. That's on us, okay? It happens every day. It happens at the house. It happens in the office. It happens in your circles. So then we find instruction for this. You say, Dusty, that's great. Do you have any scripture on this? Sure do, okay? We find instruction for how we are to gather in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. I don't expect you to remember that. Just hear what it says. For you, my brothers, and this is, we either, we either stay on path here or we don't, okay? For you, my brothers and sisters, we're called to freedom, but do not let your freedom become an opportunity to satisfy your sinful nature, worldliness, and selfishness. Instead, use your freedom to love, serve, and seek the best for one another. What happens? The Bible says the true shall set you free. Free. So what happens? We come, we gather, we learn a little bit, we pray the prayer of salvation, got it, Okay. And we cross what we believe is the finish line. I thought that salvation was the finish line for a long time, even in ministry, guys. But really, that prayer of salvation is the starting line to a relationship with God. Now, here's, here's where we blow it, okay? We come, we gather, we learn, and we find freedom. What's Galatians 5, 13 say? Do not let your freedom be an opportunity to satisfy your sinful nature, sinful nature worldliness, or selfishness. Instead, instead, use your freedom for what? To love one another. And so then what happens is we go through this process, we find freedom, and then we just, we've experienced freedom. We have a little bit of a heart change, but we have a, a whole bunch of head knowledge and a lot of memories, right? And so what those memories do is they trump what we just started to believe. And so then we go back and we use salvation and the, and the knowledge of knowing, well, I can just pray for forgiveness for this. I know it's wrong. By the way, the Bible says it's better for you not to know than to know and do it anyways, okay? And so then we found freedom, and so we know, well, God will forgive me for this, right? There has to be repentance in forgiveness, by the way. And so then, knowing that we can seek forgiveness, but not believing that we've been freed from what we continually go back to. You've been freed from that. That's what salvation is. Do not continue to go back to the things that you went to. The, the Bible in Proverbs says it's foolishness. And so then 
what causes us to keep going back to our old sinful ways, our worldliness, our selfishness? What, what does that? It's the middle part. It's that lack of discipleship. There's no growth. There's no growth in our relationship with God. There's no engagement in our relationship with God. So then it's easy just to go back as it is to lean in. And so then with no discipleship, that makes it really hard. Now, if you've been listening at all over the last few weeks or today, what I just said is gather, grow, and go. This is why we do this. Gather's community. Grow is your relationship. And go is discipleship. We're all called to go make disciples. So at the Grove, we gather together. We grow together. And we go together. That's the whole, that's the whole philosophy. Okay? That's hot off the press today. And so then... So then the only way to God is through the son, right? So which is the destination. That's why we got his presence. So I close with this. Gathering is never supposed to be about comfort. Me and Heather have had so many great conversations over the past few weeks about the churches that we come from, the churches that we've been to, the churches we've been a part of. You know, we find in all those churches comfort. I'm not telling you it's good or bad or right or wrong. I'm telling you that church is not meant for comfort. Church is messy, guys. When you get around people, it's messy, right? When you start caring for people and building relationships with people, it's messy. So is love. So is love. You think we haven't had some messy, some messy conversations? So is love. So is the gospel. Where was Jesus? He was in and among, in and, among and with people who, who he got questioned every single time. What are you doing with them? You need to be with us. This is not an insider's club. This is not a holy huddle. Okay, that's actually Wesleyan terminology, by the way. So then we are not that we are not that. Okay. And so then it means loving people who are messy. Okay. It means loving. Everybody say sinners. It means loving sinners just like you and just like me. Yeah, just like me, just like me. Nobody's perfect. So then here's what happens. You can call it a pandemic. You can call it whatever you want to. The church was dying long before the pandemic ever hit. We just expedited the process. Okay. Not gathering is the excuse. The messiness is the excuse we use not to gather. That's the number one excuse we use not to gather, whether it be for discomfort or personal preference. Okay. But all the, all the messiness of the church is actually the reason that we should be gathering. And what we see when we gather is this. We gather and it's messy and it's what God wants for you. God needs the messiness because he wants you to grow in that. He wants you to grow in that. And the more you use that as an excuse and to stay home because I might see, you know, Jerry. And Jerry, man, last time I talked to Jerry, he was weird. And, and he made me miss my lunch, right? It's not about that. But God wants you to grow in this area so that you can be conformed to his image. The image that he made you in, that's Genesis. Not the image that you've created for yourself or the image that somebody else has given you. Don't give people the authority to tell you who you are. God says who you are. He says you're chosen, holy, righteous, blameless. He says you're good. He says you're accepted. And so then, God wants us to learn this so we can be conformed to his image, so we can genuinely display the gospel when we leave this place, so it can come out of us, which is the truth. The truth will set you free. What do I mean? Create and lead conversations that show people who Jesus is. Don't put on a hat to do it. Just be yourself. 
It's not about a front, okay? How else will they see? How else will they hear unless it's us? Unless it's us. In the time of the first church, it was not about a place. It was a person. It was a person. There was no old town. There was no river walk. There was no campus marshes to shout it to 2,000 people, okay? The gathering place was wherever people gathered because when they gathered in Jesus' name, he was there. Jesus was the destination. So then today, there's two things if you're writing, if you're taking notes. Today, we and you simply need to invite Jesus into your gathering. I have a buddy, and Heather doesn't like this. I have a buddy who says, if God's not in it from the beginning, he won't be in it from all, or for, at all. And I'm like, dang, that's pretty hard. And, and you can go either way on that, okay? Invite Jesus into your gathering. Invite Jesus into your home. Invite Jesus into your relationship. Make Jesus the center of your marriage. Pastor Robert last week said, Valentine's Day is every day. Absolutely is. Make Jesus the center. We gather to worship God, to make disciples, and to share the gospel. We got that, right? Remember, the, in the first church, there was no expectation, okay? There was no expectation. The only expectation was to see God move. So then God was the expectation. And he was so much the expectation that people want to be a part of that movement every single day. It's a daily walk. So then today, we simply need to raise our expectation of God in our gatherings. Expect to meet with him today. That's what this song sings. It's, it's on right now. When we gather to worship and we gather to make disciples and we gather to share the gospel, what I just say, worship, <laughs> discipleship, evangelism. That's why the church gathers. What happens is we build relationships, we reach people, and lives are changed. That's what happens when we gather. And God says this. He says, if you do this, I'll add to your number. I'll add to the number of those being saved, those who call heaven home. Those who call heaven home. It's just about our part. Our action step is conversation. It's conversation. How do I do that, Dusty? That means Monday through Saturday, okay? Be the church. Go be the church where you are, right? Be an example of Jesus. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. Be an example in word, deed, purity, and faith. Be an example where you are. That's it. In your house, on your job, at the local gathering place, in your community, at the coffee shop. If you will be the church where you are, we'll reach the city. We'll reach our house. <laughs> we'll reach our neighbors. I'm having a hard time with my neighbor right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. I have a shared driveway and he likes to shovel his snow in my driveway. Okay? I got to be consistent with him. I got to show him who the church is. I got to show him who Jesus is. It's not about this place. It's about the presence of God. It's about what God wants to do. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.